Walks with Albert. Okay, this one might get a little complicated, so I can apologies if I get confused as I'm trying to explain this. You know I hate Kennedys. I hate them, and because it's I hate overlords, and it's the same. It's the same category. Kennedys are overlords. They've been overlords, continue to be overlords. But they were much more overlord back in the, say, 50s and 60s. And I'm very serious about this podcast. Well, I don't know how serious I ever am, but I'm walking not on real grass. I'm walking on artificial putting surface in order to have a nice level uh, uh, ground for me to pace back and forth on as I try to get work all this out. I'll let you listen to it. It's really crisp. That's, those are my sneakers on, uh, on fake grass. And we got trucks going by and we're going to have planes going overhead. And it's a windy day. And I don't care. I got to get this one out. You're probably you're wondering this conspiracy theory coming up. I'll be you don't do conspiracy theories. You only do the ones that make sense. And, well, I got one for you. This is Chappaquiddick mystery. Okay. It started when I saw this movie, a Netflix movie, about uh, the Kennedys, specifically Senator Ted Kennedy. Now, you might not know who he is. He's been dead a little bit. But Maya Quimby on The Simpsons, that's Ted Kennedy. That's a spoof of Ted Kennedy, the uh, Boston-y kind of politician with the Boston-y voice who keeps getting reelected no matter how much corruption they are obviously caught doing. And he's surrounded by those really buxom animated women all the time. Like, like uh, beauty contest winners, he's kind of sandwiched between them. Well, that's Kennedy. That's specifically Ted Kennedy, but that's a pretty good uh, idea of what the Kennedys are. They're the worst case scenario of American overlord. They're someone who have a ton of power and privilege. They abuse that power and privilege, but they wrap it all in a cocoon of public service dignity. That's what they want it to look like. So Kennedy's, Joe Kennedy at the very top is the dead, and he was some really venomous industrialist who got a ton of money and thought, okay, now my kids are going to be world leaders, regardless of how they turn out and what they, <laughs> and what their personalities and characters are, are composed of. I'm making them all president. Well, there's four brothers. One of them dies, I think, in war uh, because they all did some military service. That was part of being a world leader. Uh, American president, you you know, you couldn't say you didn't serve some time in the military. So they did that. One of them, I think, died. It leaves three brothers. JFK runs for president, gets elected by the skin of his teeth. And if Chicago had not been a corrupt voting uh, bedrock, they had, I mean, you know, there's a chance Nixon would have won. And I'm not busting the Kennedys because they're Democrats. 
or Republicans or whatever, right? It has nothing to do with the political party. That's what they want you to fixate on. Ignore that we're overlords. Ignore that we're all overlords. Just, you know, treat us like sports teams. Like, yay, Democrats, boo, Republicans, or the reverse. That's how they want you to be. And a lot of you have fallen into that. Much to the disappointment of us who know that it's it's people versus overlords. Okay, I'm not going to go too far into that because I got to, I see, I'm getting distracted. Got to stick with this mystery. Okay, so I see this movie, here we go. See this movie, Chappaquiddick. It's on Netflix and I've been wanting to see it for a long time, waiting for it to get into the rotation. And I wanted to see it because I thought it'd be very interesting how they handle this. The Kennedy brothers, JFK, gets assassinated. And uh, next one up is uh, Robert Kennedy. He was going to make his way up to running for president, but he got shot. Someone walked up to him and shot him in the stomach in a very public event. So now we're down to one brother, Ted, Teddy. And he was thought of as the sort of rotund party loving brother the the not quite a serious one but that's they're left with him that's all there is for the Kennedys so they gotta start grooming him to go up the ladder from senator to run for president the problem is it's pretty clear he's not gonna make it because he is someone who is gonna fall into public disfavor at some point because he's gonna get involved in a scandal. The Kennedys treated women in the 50s and 60s as many men of power did, treated them as disposable. Now, the movie does not want to try to too much point fingers here, but it wants you to read between the lines, and it's a very smart movie that way. They got this cabin party, some some party cabin by the ocean or by the lake or somewhere, and it's filled with a whole bunch of old husky politicians away from their wives. They're all there at the party. And who else is at the party? A cluster of very young, pretty secretaries, quote-unquote. They're really just groupies and the part-time girlfriends of these politicians. Now, the movie does not show the politicians groping or mattress bouncing these groupie girls. They're showing the groupie girls as young political hopefuls. But the way the, 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 way the movie is laying it out, obviously you can see that there's one reason. There's a group of young pretty girls here with these old drinking politicians. It's because they're fodder. They're fodder for their age and manhood to have another sexual conquest. Right? Just the usual disgusting stuff, anyway. So, here's what happened to Ted Kennedy. He's got a certain girl that he's hitting on that night, Mary Jo Kopechny. Kopechny? I'm close. I'm close. Kopechny. It's very close to what it was. And um, 
he's hitting on him. He's drinking, a lot of drinking. She's drinking too. And they, they go off to be uh, alone, have some privacy. They go off in a car, and it's late, it's dark. And um, the movie does, shows them talking. Like they go out and they're just sitting around and talking about, oh, the destiny of the Kennedys and how it's a burden. But again, the movie does not want to take liberties with the, the record of what has been testified to that night. But you know, and the movie wants you to put it together, that Kennedy took her out for some, uh, some good time Charlie action with this young girl. And he was very, very drunk. Now, here's the official version of events that happened that night at Chappaquiddick, which is, uh, I think it's the name of the river. I can't remember. Maybe it's the name of the bridge. But um, they're out driving, both drinking, and a cop nearly stops them. They got off the road a little bit, and I think that maybe he accidentally drove off the road because he's so drunk, or maybe they parked because he wanted to start laying hands on her. And then a cop saw this car off to the side of the road parked with the lights still on and he's like uh excuse me people are you okay like he he's a little bit at a distance so he's shouting it are you okay do you guys need some help and the car kennedy's car with mary joe and it it just suddenly like backs out and peels off and goes down the road and the cop is like eh you know he kind of knows I mean, you know, he's a local cop. He knows what's going on here. It's these the politicians over at their party and they're, they're going around and they're drinking. It was a big fancy car, so, you know, he just kind of lets it go. Official, official version here. He, uh, that I'm telling you right now. He goes, the car is driving. Kennedy's driving the car and he's drunk and he's, he's going too fast. He drives off a bridge now this bridge has no guardrails. It's at a sl- slightly weird angle. It'd be a very easy bridge to drive off of if you're a drunk Kennedy with your pedal to the metal going too fast. Goes off this bridge. Now the water's pretty shallow. We're talking five or six feet. Car flips over as it hits the water. Now the tires are still ab- are like above the surface almost. It's not very deep at all. Car flips over. Kennedy swims out and official version he says he tried to get her out as well but um, in any case he swims to shore and sits there very drunk and you know what the hell do I do what the hell do I do sits there on the shore gets up starts walking walking away walks all the way back to the party cabin. It's quite a ways away, and he starts trying to explain what happened to two of his helpers, two other politicians. They go back to where the car is. They see it, because it's really, like I said, it's shallow, the car's right there. And they get, they strip down to their undies, jump in the water, try to get her out of there, or try to figure out if she's still there, in there, still alive. And they're going all around the car, pulling on doors, banging on the window, 
shouting a name underwater, I guess, you know, the bubbly way you shout underwater. They're banging, trying to get, and they can't. They cannot get into this car, and they cannot open the doors. They, it's, it's really crazy, right? So they come back out, and they say, we can't do it. And they say to Kennedy, who was just in the stupid, you know, official record, right? I'm still telling you the official version of the story. He's in the stupid, and they tell him, hey, you got to report this. You got to report what happened, because this is a big scandal. She and she's probably dead. I got a backing up beep noise. If you hear that in the background, I'm not gonna let that stop me, right? Uh, and I got people playing tennis next to me right now. But what can we do? Okay, so they tell him you gotta report this. Gotta report it. I'm just, uh, you know, they're not even saying it's the right thing to do to report it. It's just. You gotta report it because it gets worse and worse the longer you do not report this and leaving that girl down there in the car. Who may or may not still be alive, but they doubt she's alive at this point. They do. The people right there. Turns out, uh, well, you will hear. Okay, so Kennedy goes, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, go, I'll call it in, just, uh, you know, they, they dig a little boat across the river. And he's gonna, like, I'm gonna report it, don't worry. He staggers off like he's gonna go to uh, the hotel lobby and call the cops. But he goes to his room instead, takes a bath, and uh, combs his hair, gets dressed again back in regular, you know, nice clothes, dry clothes. And about 2.30 in the morning, um, a person working at the hotel sees him sitting on steps, just sitting there thinking. Uh, or drinking or smoking or just he's sitting there the guy says do you need any help Mr. Kennedy Senator and Ted Kennedy goes uh, uh, what time is it and the guy tells him it's 2.30 in the morning Kennedy goes oh okay and just uh, goes back to his room does not report it gets up the next day and uh, is having breakfast swear in the hotel breakfast area having breakfast like oh yeah another day having breakfast being social yeah, da, da. and his um, his two guys the handlers that he was brought in to try to help him get to the girl in the car last night they get word that the cops are starting to freak out about this car in the river because a dad and his son were fishing and they saw it so they know now that Kennedy never reported it. And so they take, they drag Kennedy out of this breakfast. Say, come on with us, what, well, come on with us, what the hell did you do? And then there's a very revealing moment where Kennedy goes, you know what? I thought you guys would handle this for me. You know, I'm supposed to report it and now it's going out of control. Why didn't you guys do something uh, to get me off this hook? I swear, what do I have you guys around for? if not to cover me this way. That was pure Kennedy. And that's one of the moments where the, the movie lets the mask slip on the Kennedys. It tries to be polite and fair throughout this whole movie, but it's letting you also read between the lines of how men, these men, these specific men, treated female employees at the time. And also, of course, how the Kennedys totally thought themselves 
levels of privilege so far above the common man. It's all there in the movie. But the movie walks on eggshells. It does. It's trying to not piss too many people off. And yet they still try to bury it. The Kennedys and their friends, specifically Senator Chris Dodd, still tried to get that movie from being made. Okay, well. So Kennedy now is trying to make all these excuses of why he didn't report it. And then he's also just laying low and trying to see, well, what the news is going to be and how we can spin it. And they find a way to spin it. They finally come up with an idea that, hey, you're going to have to tell the public. Go on live television, give your version of the story. Now, before this happens, Kennedy screws up. He puts on a fake neck brace because the story of the accident's in the papers and he wants to seem sympathetic. So they got this whole part in the movie, which is kind of funny, of him saying, I want to put on this neck brace and everyone's going, no, it's, that is so stupid. No, don't do that. And he's like, damn it, I'm going to do it because I'm a Kennedy, I know. I know how these things work. So he puts on the neck brace and because he's such a doofus, there's no other word for it. I usually hate that word because it keeps popping up in 90 sitcoms, but damn it, he's such a doofus that he's wearing this neck brace and he's sitting there in the church service or the funeral for Kopechny. I think it was the funeral he went to, right, with the neck brace so that it seems like, oh, I got, I got hurt too. I, this tragedy was part, part happened to me too. He's there in the neck brace and he turns around like he's sitting facing forward and then he turns to look over his shoulder at some people with a neck brace on. You know, the neck brace is for not moving your head side to side or up or down. And the newspaper busts him on it. So now he's backed into a corner. So they say, well, you got to go public. So he gives this live TV broadcast where he explains his version of events and tries to look really sympathetic and dignified and what a tragedy it was that this young woman lost her life when, for all intents and purposes, he let her die. Okay. The end of the movie is them interviewing people on the street, and most of them are like, that poor guy, of course I'd vote for him again. Oh, he went, that was such a terrible thing that happened to him, and he's handling it so nice. And you just shake your head, because the way people let overlords exist above them, it's just amazing. Anyhow, well, the upside, of course, is that Kennedy does not ever get to go for president. He was supposed to. He was groomed. And then Kennedy sticks around as a ballooning, very grotesque senator over there in Massachusetts until he dies. And all the while, according to the editor of Time magazine, all the while, his favorite thing are jokes about Chappaquiddick. He's asking people, do you have any new jokes about Chappaquiddick? He thinks that the whole thing's funny. That tells you, yeah, all you need to know about Kennedys. I don't know, maybe some good Kennedys have come along by now. I just, but this, these are the classic Kennedys, the CKs. Now, you might have been listening close and trying to follow along, and you realize there's something not quite right about that story. 
This where the mystery comes in. And the plane is coming in for a landing, and I don't even care, because this is great. This is the part of the podcast I've been building up to all this time. Ah, but I had to give you the background, right, or else the mystery isn't a mystery. Well, okay, here it is. How the hell did Kennedy get out of that car when it went to the water? He, the, the, I'm watching the movie and I'm trying to pay attention because I think at some point he's going to get busted on this. That he, he, something weird happened for him to get out of the car. Did he close the door behind him? Did he get out of the car after rolling up the windows? What did, what did he do to prevent her getting out? But also, the guys who tried to go down to the car, uh, you know, an hour later, two hours later, they can't even get a hand into the car. There's nothing there. And the diver, the next day after the father and son discovered the car there, the diver, he can't get in. He's like, it's going to take me 20, 25 minutes. I'm going to have to cut through something to get in here. Now, the way the movie's telling it, and the way the official story tells it. When the car was flipping, Kennedy got hit in the head and he's drunk, so he got out of the car. He just doesn't remember how. And I was waiting for the movie to give me some more data on this. And it never happened. The movie just gets to its end and there it is. So I look online. I'm like, okay, so what okay how there got to be some more info on how he got out of the car but then she's trapped in a sealed vehicle and i came across this wonderful conspiracy theory and i say it's wonderful because it's the conspiracy theory that makes so much sense you don't have to be a nut to believe it Ready for this? There came out a whole theory in the 1970s that the only way to explain it was that Kennedy was not in the car when it went into the water. This is the series of events. Ready for this? They nearly get pulled over by the cops and nearly get busted, right? That that one cop. And uh, they drive off. Now, at this point, Kennedy thinks I cannot be caught in the car with this young girl and we're both drunk, right? That's a, a scandal right there. Maybe a minor scandal, but you know, come on, I'm, I'm supposed to be the next, I'm the heir apparent, right? I'm the Kennedy going for the president, the only one left. So he gets her to like, just drop me off here. I'm getting out of the car. You drive back. So now when the cop, cop catches up to us or stops us or another cop, right? It's just you in the car. No. She drops him off, and he's going to walk back. And she's been drinking. So she... Get, and she was someone who had a, a Volkswagen Beetle, which she was five foot two. She was real short. And she, this Volkswagen Beetle, they're small little cars, right? They're cute, those old ones. And they, you can look out uh, and see the road, if, even if you're a short person. Well, um, the, this big car... There's no way she can necessarily see the road. She can see the things on the side of the road to keep it going straight, but she'd be down too low. So she would not see this bridge kind of coming out of nowhere with no guardrails. 
So the whole reason Kennedy is outside the car and she's drowning inside a sealed car is because he was never in the car when it went to the water. Therefore, the next day when he's having breakfast in that little hotel uh, dining room, he's so oblivious and seeming so unconcerned, it's because he had no idea. They find her, the car, and it's flipped over. And maybe he, he was like, well, where did she go? He didn't know, like the night before. But he was very, very drunk, so he just goes home, passes out, whatever. Right, goes back to the hotel room. Okay. The other way you could think of this is that maybe they were, it has nothing to do with the cop. They were out, and he starts groping her, and he starts going all full Kennedy. 100% Kennedy, 100% drunken, lecherous Kennedy, and he's getting his mitts all up and down her. And they're out of the car, outside the car, she gets out of the car, and he follows her out of the car, and she gets back in the car and drives off. Something where she is now alone in the car driving a person who is too short to see the road, and she has also been drinking. And so she drives into the water and drowns. Now the problem with this version of events Okay, that makes total sense. Then why the hell did Kennedy go on television and say that they were both driving, he was driving, and they went into the water together, and he tried to save her, and he couldn't, and he didn't report it to the next day because he got conked on the head and he's drunk. Well, they didn't say drunk. He never admitted to any alcohol uh, abuse that night. But others came forward afterwards and said, yeah, they're basically drinking it straight. They're drinking the hard stuff straight, right out of the bottle. These Kennedys, I'll tell you, they could put a new ice in a glass, but not once they get outside, they're like, I'm just bringing the bottle. Not that we all haven't done that, but when you're a Kennedy, it just, I don't know, it doesn't, it seems worse somehow. In this case, definitely. Well... Here's the uh, other part of the theory. The reason he took responsibility for it and said I was driving and uh, we went off the bridge, it was late at night and I tried to save her but I couldn't and I was knocked on the head and that concussion made me not report it because I was confused is because he had huddled with his team and they started thinking, what's, okay, she's dead this girl you left the party with and you were both drinking and now she's dead in a car. You let her drive away or you tried to make big moves on her and she drove away and maybe she told someone this or they just worked it out that him somehow during the night leaving her alone or abandoning her to drive home drunk by herself or to avoid his uh, amorous advances, that that was worse. That was going to be, that was going to play worse to to everything. And it was going to, it just the flavor of it was not going to be as advantageous as if he was saying, okay, I'm responsible for her death, but I was also there and also got injured and I tried to save her, so it's just a tragedy that befell us both. 
instead of, hey, I'm a drunk Kennedy and I got off scot-free, I'm walking around and she's the one who took the car and she, and the Kennedys uh, are responsible for another girl's death uh, and nothing happens to us. Just, it's too bad you, she got associated with Kennedys. So she ends up in a drunken accident. Now, what do I think? I just, I just don't know. There's no, it would be like a magic trick for Kennedy to have gotten out of that car. The way that car was all sealed up as everyone else tried to get to her. And it seems like there's a possibility she was alive for quite a while in that car and just ran out of air, just working that big air bubble and uh, staying alive and hoping someone would come get her. But, um, you know, no one did. And I don't know what it's like, not to get morbid, but I don't know what it's like to die from uh, running out of air. I always thought about being buried alive and if that would be a relaxing way to go. Because you're just slowly running out of air and it, maybe it feels tough to breathe, but you're also getting loopy and lightheaded and, you know, it's not the same as pain. I don't know. So I think maybe there's something to that theory. And it would also explain a lot of things about Kennedy's attitude toward the accident late in life. I mean, I know he was just kind of a no-good guy in some ways, but... I mean, part of this podcast is we're trying to learn how to... Maybe cut people slack. Because... Man, we've made mistakes. So what would we do with a lot of power? Make more powerful mistakes. Maybe. I don't know. I guess until any of us have power, that's a mystery. Like this chapter critic. Well, you just, I guess we'll never know. But there's one other thing that also kind of blew my mind, which is they show the dad, Joe Kennedy Sr., the guy who was the mastermind behind this big industrial empire that had all his kids super rich and privileged. He's going to make them all president. One at a, I mean, literally one at a time, make them all president. Well, they show him in the movie, and he's played by Bruce Dern, who's a really good and famous actor from like the 70s and 80s. Um, and uh, he's playing Joe Kennedy, but Joe Kennedy at the time of this scandal was confined to a wheelchair, could not speak from having had a stroke, it looked like, and one side of his mouth is drooping and it's drooling and... He has to communicate by writing on pieces of paper and trying to hit people who are near him. It's really horrible. Um, but it kind of shows, okay, that is the way of all power. And it, you know, historically it was accurate. That's what Joe Kennedy was like at the time. But they make him look really, really, really old with the brown spots on the, the head that's losing all the hair just from straight on age like hair loss just because your, your head is given up on holding on to hair now Bruce Dern is also I think very old at this time so I was watching it and wondering how much did they have to change about Bruce Dern who is very old to look like a wheelchair bound Joe Kennedy 
who was also very old. And that I, I don't know. I didn't do my research and tried to look up pictures of him, see what, he's, what Bruce Dern looks like these days. But that is weird when you see something where it's a guy who's supposed to be a rich industrialist and he's at the end of his life and he's about to die. Kind of like Christopher Plummer and all the, all the money in the world, the one I did that podcast about where he's playing uh, the Getty, Getty guy. Um, well, you know, I'm looking at Bruce Dern and thinking, what must it be like to play an old guy who is about to die when you are an old guy who's about to die? I really, I wonder about that. If it makes you sad, or if it kind of hurts to be putting in yourself in this position of pretending to be so old that you're on death's door and you're just you yourself in real life are just a little bit just a tiny bit further back from death's door I don't know if I ever meet Bruce Dern I will ask him and uh, and I'll get back to you anyway I this one went a little bit long and it was probably a bit tangled but um, thanks for listening, because uh, I really got my brain there for a day or two, this whole mystery thing of could it and sh- would it, uh, how would this, could this really be the truth kind of thing, but now that I did it in podcast, I'm over it now, so, okay, I'm better, thank you, and nevergotfamous.com, and I'll see you, see you on the other side, bye-bye.